0: Today we talk inclusivity, hair metal and mega as we chat to Nick Gill of the Quakers on Benny Asking People Questions. Benny Asking People Questions is proudly presented by Major Minor Music Australia and recorded on Gadigal land of the Eora Nation and we pay our respects to the leaders both past, present and emerging. When we talk inclusion and when we talk about inclusiveness within the sphere of music made for children, it's usually because the artist sees the importance and so makes it their mission to display that consideration. However, very few have inclusion and inclusiveness as part of their lives' needs as well as their art. Like today's act. Today's act, the Quakers, are a group that came to inclusiveness with such genuine heart and understanding that it can only be created from a place of total and full empathy. But to sum the music up to those simple markers is also not fair for it is music at times so intriguing with soaring harmonies and a meandering tussle through different genres that one could argue that their message is sometimes lost in the quality of songwriting. However you come to it though, it is music you play and you keep playing and often won't realize you have. Today I'm joined by Nick Gill, one of six members of the Quackers, uh, basically to do his best to answer questions that I've essentially written for the others. So, um, <laughs> hi Nick, thanks for joining me on Benny Asking People Questions.
1: Oh, what a generous introduction. It's an absolute pleasure to be on here and we appreciate you asking us. Look, it's it's school time, so the other guys... <laughs> They all have real jobs. I just do a breakfast radio show. So I'm all done at 11 a.m. in the morning.
0: Yeah, but uh, unlike them, you have to start at 4 a.m. or something, don't you? So I think, <laughs> yeah, I think it's fair. That's I think true. It's- There's a trade-off there, but it's still good fun. So I guess I, look, there's a lot of things that I, w- I want to ask, but I guess let's just start off as as why, because I mean, you've all you've all got these incredible histories. I mean, as, as you just mentioned, you are a morning radio host in Newcastle. You're also an ex-Adelaide Crows player, which is pretty impressive. Yeah. Don't hold Matt, that against me, AF- yeah, AFL fans. I, that's all right, mate. I, I, I'm I'm <laughs> being from New South Wales. I'm lucky to um, just enjoy the game and don't have a an obsession with the team. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. so I'm I'm good, um, Matts. <laughs> Like an Australia's Got Talent finalist, Pam yep. is Christina, Anu's niece. Yeah, uh, Steph, the Dutch therapist, committee. Yep. He's this. He's got this amazing solo career, and then you've got this incredible dog, Indie. Like <laughs> you all have these really eclectic individual lives you know, and you've been around this game for a long time, this kind of idea of putting yourself out there. How did you actually, like, what, what happened? Was it, surely it wasn't over coffee. I can't imagine all six of you, that's including Indy, were sitting around coffee one day and said, hey, we should do this. No,
1: it wasn't. It was, it was a bit piecemealy. It was, it was a bit of a journey and I don't want to get too heavy too early, but we kind of, <laughs> comedian and I started it off the back of a discussion where I I had some twins. They were probably two at the time. It was 2020. There was a lot of chat about, you know, race and inclusivity and stuff like that in the world. It was kind of a bit of a tense time. Everyone was just a bit tense in 2020. Mm. And so we started looking just inside my family at what our twins were taking on, I suppose, as far as media in television that they watched, books that they read, people that they saw about the place. And we started realizing that, you know, as, as a white family in Australia, we were, we were pretty whitewashed with the books that we read, with the Mm -hmm. shows that we watched, with the music that we listened to. And so we started trying to change that within our family, getting some more inclusive books and getting them to watch some more inclusive shows and stuff like that. And then I realized that, well, I'm a musician. I might as well really wanted to put together a diverse cast of people to write songs about inclusivity. And so spoke with a mate of mine who I'd done some serious music with, with, uh, in committee. He was really passionate about representing, you know, his Samoan heritage to his nieces and nephews as well. You know, they were underrepresented and, and he really wanted to be up there to go, look, we can be up there as well. And then it all kind of fell from there. From Comedian I, he said, you know, I've got this mate, Pam. She's a musical theatre girl. She's just got this amazing spirit. We'd love to get her on board. And then, funnily enough, our producer, Matt, who is, as you said, a finalist for Australia's Got Talent. He is one of the premier keys players in Australia. He is just mm-hmm. absolutely incredible. Whether you're sighted or not, and he's vision impaired, it is Mm. insane. And then the last piece of the puzzle was we were looking for our final member. We were going to do an audition process and we had a few people in line and we got Steph, the Dutch music therapist, into the studio and the way that she could learn a harmony and just nail it straight (laughs) away with her just sunny demeanor, we actually just stopped the audition process and that that was the group. It was all over the course of probably three or four months, and then we just mm. started putting together music that we wanted to, to have represent that message of inclusivity and acceptance. I like sushi and you like fondue But for everyone the sky is blue I say oh am I, oh hey. you say how are you But for everyone the sky is blue it's okay to be different. That's what makes you, you
0: and for everyone, the sky is blue. As I said in the, in, in the intro, th- th- there's a difference uh, where the cockers are coming from is, is less, uh, less a want to add it into your repertoire. It's more, it is. You're, you're living it. that there, there are members of your band that this this is this is their life. This is yeah. necessary. With with that consideration, was it sounds quite serendipitous how it all came together and the people that you found. I mean, it did was. you did you have did you have a bit of an idea of what you're looking for, or you generally were just going, let's open up the doors and just see what we find? Why five? Why not have twenty eight? You know. uh, yeah, look,
1: these are all good questions. Uh, to answer the first half of it... Or actually, I'll answer the second half first because it's quite quick. Why five? <laughs> I can't really sing. I'm a bit of a DJ Khaled, not in his continued long-standing success, unfortunately, but in the sense that I'm not a particularly skilled musician. Uh, I can come up with ideas and stuff like that, but I need more skilled people around me in order to execute that sort of stuff. But I love harmonies. So I oh, wanted wow. to have a lot of vocalists in the band, so... Wow. I thought five was a good number. I could do some speaking parts, and then we could have some beautiful four, sometimes five-part harmonies. Comedy is a great keys player. Matt is a, a an exceptional keys player. Steph, she can play guitar as well. And then I can kind of fit in around them. Mm. So that's why five. We we could have gone more, but you know, then you're getting into choral <laughs> harmonies, and you just go a bit overboard for the sake of your own enjoyment. If you're going to get your, to if you're going to get enjoyment. to six,
0: right, you just go to thirty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, already, yeah, you've already got that many people. But as far
1: as like, did I have a vision of who would be in the band? No, not not straight up, because I think that I think that that sadly goes down the area of like tokenism. Like, yeah. oh, I want somebody who's indigenous, and then I want somebody. Who who's in a wheelchair or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I, and I don't like that. So I wanted people who were first and foremost talented musicians, but I did want a diverse cast of people from different backgrounds and abilities. What that looked like in the end, marvelous. They're just a wonderful bunch of people who are super talented, but I didn't want to pigeonhole exactly Mm. what it looked like from the start. And so Mm. to have that journey to get where we did, it was just a, a really fun experience to meet all those people mm. and then start making music with them.
0: That idea of tokenism too, I think is quite interesting about your music because I, I was listening to it and there was a, there was a, and I just had this, I think whenever you put yourself quite sincerely out in front with a particular message or, or, you know, representation. You always run the risk, I guess, of people, two things, A, kind of find a reason to insist it's not genuine or that mm-hmm. it's like a marketing ploy, or B, finding the places where you slipped up. And, yep. I, and I have to be really honest with you. And and I caught myself immediately and just went, God, oh, what's, what's wrong with me? But I was listening, I got to your mother's song. Mummies are lovely. Yeah. And I was listening to that. And it was only just like a week ago, I'd been doing this thing for someone who'd written a blog about. Uh, Mother's Day and changing the name because not everyone has mothers and, and, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But weirdly, it was only because it was in the peripheral of my brain. I started your song and I went, oh, it's funny that they... And then I just went, before I even finished the thought, I went, holy crap, I'm already... Inadvertently f- trying to find these little areas that you do you, though, like you, you've slipped up, and and it's it's you so do. it's a natural um... thing to yeah. have as
1: that that original thought mm. like that I, I think that that's a, a human reflex to go well they think that they're all high and mighty doing their thing or whatever well I wonder if their their yeah. dishes are clean here in the background I think that's a natural <laughs> reflex first thought and it's good that you caught yourself but like I think that's just the natural yeah. thing to do but we would prefer to look at the fact that mummies are lovely. And that, and that song is based off a book. It's one of our singable books, but that mummies are lovely. And again, I'm not going to harp on about the Black Lives Matter movement, but a lot of people are like, well, what about other people? Yeah, It's just like, you know, mummies can be lovely, Mm. but also some people can live families who are not just your majority of mother, father kind of makeup, but... In the same sense, we had a funny experience where we did another singable book, which was 10 Little Fingers and 10 Little Toes, absolute classic by Mem Fox. And even within our own band, like Pam had the unfortunate circumstance of having to have a toe amputated a month after we released that song. And all of a sudden, even within our own band, she had a 10 Little Fingers yeah. and nine little toes o- already the book was untrue. Yeah. And we started thinking, oh gosh yeah maybe that's something from an inclusivity sort of point of view that we should have taken into account when we released that song but we felt as though the overarching theme that we all have a shared experience in that we may differ in a lot of ways but really when it comes down to it we're human we felt as though that was the overarching message and when you get down into the nitty-gritty of it you're just going to send yourself insane
0: i like you just the way you Hair or hair.
1: Let's be nice. red hair
0: or brown hair that's great. just from an outsider listening in I think the, the the things that you sing about as the band it, it, it really really is genuine it feels genuine it feels, oh, genuine. It, feels it feels the languages particularly as an educator like myself early childhood the language is right You know Like it's It's good language It's strong language It's not It's not It, it doesn't feel Overthought It feels natural Well please don't train Cause I know that We'll be mates Cause I like you Just the way before we look before we launch into too much of that so you, you basically your first i guess it's a extended ep came out in 2020 Yep, and the first song on that is "That's Not a Fish." So that's yeah. like with all the all your talk and your creation of the band, that's your introduction to the world. I know it's funny, like
1: from oh, the God, outset. It's great band,
0: and here's what we've done, and here's our first song. What? <laughs> that's not <on> a <We're>... fish.
1: <laughs> we refer to that as the butter on the vegetables. So you know, we do have this message that we want to send out, and even within our songs, we do have a message. First and foremost, you need to make it catchy. You need Mm -hmm. to make kids want to sing to it and dance to it so that they can subconsciously imbibe that message. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, they just won't listen. There is no point in making that message and trying to ram it down people's throats. But we also as though in order for the kids to eat the vegetables which in this case yeah, are but a song the message yes. you're gonna have some butter on the vegetables. you're gonna put in
0: nutella across the top yeah totally
1: exactly. so sometimes you've got to sing a song that lists <laughs> a series of things that aren't fish
0: I look, you know and, you know obviously it's all in jest i mean I, I think there's no one no one's expecting you to bring out six songs that are all specifically <laughs> yeah, about, yeah, yeah you know so i think it's just brilliant i just finally i sat down and went right let's begin i'll go back to the start first song and i went Oh, not a fish. Not and a... look, don't get me wrong. It's an amazing track. I still think it's very much a standalone. It was just, I kind of went, oh, okay. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Um, but
1: it can, it can be crushing when you do this sort of thing. And like, I think our number one song to date is Banana about, you know, the various <laughs> uses of Banana. It's like, come on guys, listen to the right songs
0: that we want you to listen to. <laughs> who's, who's the main songwriter? Is is it, I mean, is that pretty much Matt doing that? Uh, uh, no, it's a fairly collaborative process.
1: From concept stage, we have everybody in the band who's just like, maybe we should do a song about this and this. Sometimes it comes externally, like the God Dogs Australia came to us and said, we want a theme song. Can you write this sort of stuff? But from that point, the way we go about it is I'll usually write the song musically and lyrically, put together a home demo and then send it out to the group. And it's a fairly realized demo. It'll have all the harmonies mm. and me hacking away at what I think the instrumentation should roughly sound like. And then we send it out to the crew. We we vet it with various other people as well. Then the ideas kind of flow back and forth. Ah, this bit's a bit naff or, you know, that chorus mm. doesn't really land or stuff like that. Maybe we could do that. And then that's that series of a very fun process where you get voice memos back and forward, which are... You know, if they saw the light of day, just embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure if anyone looks at a musician's voice memos, that like right? that's the first thing you want deleted if you ever pass away. Yeah. It's just a series <laughs> of like you're walking along the street and trying yeah. to get out of here and you're just like, all right, baseline four. Don't pat me, please. Boop, 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 boop and then you've got to go back and work out what the heck you yeah. were thinking at that yeah. moment.
0: I know. I was listening to one the other day because I'm just working on a new album now and I went back and listened to one and it was just me on the phone going, <laughs> I was just going, and it's not even a melody. I don't even know what I'm doing. But, yeah, but even your was... like
1: doo-doo song, like that's almost, yeah, that's that was... almost like taking voice memo <laughs> level and then going, I'm going to create a whole eight minutes of interaction with four separate bands.
0: Yeah. With, 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 to... um... With four four versions of voice memos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I say meow, meow, and I purr real loud. That's not a fish. That's a cat. That's not a fish. I say wolf, wolf, and you pat me good. That's not a fish. That's a dog. That's not a fish. I say moo moo and my milk tastes good. That's not a fish. That's a cow. That's not a fish. I say, I kind of thought it was, I I don't know why, but I felt Matt was sort of the main driver of it all. But but it's actually really interesting you say that because, you know, that's not a fish, great. Choo-choo goes the train, great. All that these, and I mean, Slumberland's beautiful. But there's, like, when we get to everybody's welcome and it follows this pattern through all the work, the, the stuff that I guess for the lack, you know, for the sake of the conversation, the stuff that falls into that message that you all really want to portray or that you want to share, those songs are really different. They actually really, it's like they erupt. You, You have these huge harmonies and you have all these huge, like they're, like everything else I would say, great. Like, yeah, you know, let, let's look at that's not a fish. Amazing. It's great. And it sits really comfortably in, a, in an album for children and it's amazing and it's fun and it's, it's all the things it needs to be.
1: Yeah. And then
0: you get to something like everybody's welcome and you go, God, that's, there's a real, there's a real soul that leaps out in those songs.
1: Yeah. And look, you know, you say that you thought Matt was the main guy behind the writing, but I'll tell you what Matt is the main guy behind that eruption of emotion yeah, right. and getting the final track yeah. to sound as good as it does. Cause he's the arranging guy. He comes up with what instrumentation should go. He's got so many ideas of, you know, this little pocket, it doesn't have anything hooky to hook the kids through this moment. Maybe we could do this. And he is an absolute genius at hearing a demo, even if it's just like an acoustic guitar and some lyrics and hearing it in his head immediately. Mm-hmm. He's got perfect pitch. He can play anything on the keys. And I I mean, in the sense that he's not just playing like a bass line as he would a pianist. He knows what a bass player is going to sound like when he does that. Cause it's all done on like, we don't have a live bass player. We don't have live drums and stuff like that. It's, it's all samples, but he has a sense of a drummer when he's doing the drums. He has a sense Mm. of a bass player when he's doing the bass. He does a lot of scoring for people. Um, And so his insight into what a string quartet would sound like, whether it should be a quartet or an orchestra is just staggering to watch mm. when you're in the studio. So he's the one that brings the songs to life, regardless of where the ideas come from.
0: You can, you can hear that I think, because there's some of the, like, again, like just because we're talking about that's not a fish, like they're very, um the songs that you would argue are, are more, you know, what you'd find on, on an album for children you know they're instrumentally they're great they're amazingly arranged and they're fun and they're full and they're rich and they're excellent but then you but then when you get to the other things when you get to the ones that kind of do have that message or have a message that the quackers kind of you know really try to share there's a there's a difference there's a difference in arrangement there's a difference in enormity there's a different there's a different level of you know like i was listening it it was i think it was give it a go and, mm-hmm. and, you know, there's this, I was all of a sudden I kind of went, like, God, there's this real musical, not musical theater, but this real musical Disney-esque Pixar thing in some of these songs. And they are, and it seems to exist in those songs that really have those messages. Like there's a lot of things, like I was listening to, I sort of did this thing where I just went, okay, I'm watching the start of Toy Story or I'm watching a scene from Lion King. I'm removing the music that's currently in there, and I'm just going to pop everybody's welcome. Or I'm going to pop. Um, you can give it a go <laughs> in there, and just and and the, and it fits like it's there. Yeah, right. Like oh, that's very a, kind to say. Yeah, they're very they're very they're very thought out. The big. Yeah, but that's. You know.
1: But I think anybody who's in this game in the kids' music game has other musical interests, right? Like adult mm. musical interests. They would have written, you know, what's branded as serious songs and stuff like that. And I think everyone will attest to the fact that the best songs you write in, in any genre, in any style are the ones that you're passionate about the Mm -hmm. message. If you reckon I've got to make a song that's catchy and a lot of people talk about love or something like that, but you're not feeling it at the time. That is never going to be, it doesn't matter how good a songwriter are. doesn't matter how strong the hook is. It's never going to come across in the recording Mm -hmm. that you're passionate about this message. And the best serious songs that I've ever written in my life are about, you know, um, our daughter was born with a heart condition and she wasn't supposed to make it. And, you know, it was a song written two weeks after we found that when she was still in utero and you can just hear the pain come across the song Mm. so much more vividly than a track where I'm just like, geez, breakup songs are a thing. I'm happily in love at the moment, but I should write a breakup song. doesn't matter how hard you try to go down that path. It'll never be as genuine and legitimate. As when you feel the message and I think what you're hearing there is probably we have something that we really want to say and that we really want to believe in and that we live and that probably does come across in the arrangement as well
0: Talking about those arrangement decisions And as a group um, I'm just going to give you one little example From one of your songs, Different Families Where, and it's potentially you Says, Le Cher. <laughs> Yeah, that is me <laughs> That was just like That was amazing It was that <laughs> It was, was just his song And then you go, I want to introduce you to another friend Le Cher, and he this, Le, Cher. Le Cher. <laughs> I was
1: Brilliant. listening to your podcast with the Listies uh, a while ago, and I love like they're they're comedy comedy, right? They're all yeah. comedy and they're all laughs. But kids need silliness um, yeah. in or in order to engage, and you can't be ever too silly in front of a kid. That's that is their entire humor, just silliness. <laughs> and so. Quite often when I'm running a demo, it's a thing that i weirdly learned off Weezer. What they do is once they've they've got their song and it's pretty much produced, right? They get all four members of the band to stand around one microphone and the song's just playing in their ears and whatever comes to their mind, they just spit out. Wow. And some, like 99% of the stuff doesn't make it to the track, but some ridiculous stuff will make it into Weezer songs that you didn't think were there or some super, super catchy stuff like... It might just be a woohoo or a let's go or something like that. Mm. But uh, I use that filter quite often on on some of our songs. How can we inject some silliness? Mm. And and it might just me, be me, like
0: like, and,
1: which you barely even hear. But it might just add a sense of fun and a sense of playfulness to a track that doesn't necessarily have it. And that's where Lachan came from. <laughs> it just you know I was going through the track, I was listening to the demo, and it was the only thing that stuck. I think made is going Lushan. <laughs> it's
0: just brilliant. It's just like out of nowhere, and I, I think I just listened to like everybody's welcome or something, and I was like, "Yeah, this is really great." There's like, Lushan. <laughs> My friend Lushan, just
1: lives with his daddy, and they have to the get cutest bunny. When
0: he wrinkles up. In It's fun.
1: Look around
0: and you'll see. Has a you see so i'm with you with the silliness i think i think there's i think something peter Coombe does incredibly well is that idea of just it's 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 Nonsense in a really wonderful, intelligent way. If there is such yeah, a it's thing. like relatable nonsense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and I remember one of the years ago, I worked with a producer who changed everything. Uh, we we're doing vocals, and he and he said to me, "Look, I'm not going to record this one." He said, "Look, just just you know, sing it, build it out, and have fun, and just you know, whatever." But yeah, just just have more, do a few warm ups of the song. Yeah, yeah, and um, and of course you know, in hindsight, it seemed pretty obvious, but he obviously recorded it and just didn't tell me that he recorded it. And, and, (laughs) and it was, you know, half of that stuff that we ended up using and and I kind of make it a habit now with, with musicians, as you go through the vocals and you get all the parts that you like, and when you're happy, you think you've covered it. You then just go, I'm just going to give you a take now. None of this will be used. Just go for broke, silly, whatever you want to do, just do it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Let them know it's I'm recording. I remember talking to Peter Dayson. he said that thing, it's really difficult to be simple. And I feel, and I think just with music in general, you, you don't want to think that you're not taking it serious.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But but you're right. Like, I mean, a couple of things there. Was it, was it Oscar Wilde maybe who said, you know, I didn't have time to write a long letter, so I wrote a short one. But boiling things down into their simplicity mm. is such a harder job than explaining things verbosely. But the second point is I don't think that, quite often you can't strike that same passion that you feel when you've first written a song and you're excited about a melody and you're excited about a concept. There have been numerous times from the Quakers point of view where my home recording, which is not as good a quality as Matty's mm. proper studio, you know, we've, we've imported that audio because you haven't struck that same fun. You just, you yeah. can't catch it in what is a, a more daunting environment. You know, I'm on my own, in my tiny little studio and I've got no one watching me and I'm just being as silly as possible. Whereas, you know, when we do our vocal sessions quite often the rest of the band is in the like booth with Maddie and they're all looking at you through the glass. Quite often you're filming for socials. It's, it's a much more daunting process to be able to strike that silliness and have that fun. And And you've always got,
0: and you've always got time restraints, right? You're always, you're always (laughs) like going, I've got two hours or it's going to start costing me an extra 150 bucks an hour. And and (laughs) it's just a, yeah, I agree. And, and, um, um, Mike, who did my last album, Mike, Michael McGlynn he was he was he was all about this. So much of it was the demos I sent to him. He just said to me, Can yeah. you send me the vocals or the, even the guitaring? He'd like Yeah right. He said you just he said that's workable and you're never going to get better than that. He said you yeah. just clearly whatever was going on then you nailed it. Let's use that. Mm-hmm. Um so we have a couple of singles and then we move into the end of twenty twenty one because I'm guessing um this is when you do your next I guess EP or long EP. I like you just the way you are. Yeah. Now the song itself is nominated for a MA. Obviously, I'm biased because yeah. Thank you Amar for that. Are my awards. Um, yeah, but, cash, um, is, cash is in the mail. Yeah. Does, it, does something like and I don't know if this is a question or me just after some gossip. Is that is, it, is, <laughs> is something like that? Does it mean it? Because you're relatively new on the scene. Is, is is that kind of recognition of being in a room like that with everyone there that's doing what you're doing? I mean, does it does it mean a lot? Is it is it a is it is it you know? Do you just walk, just walk away from it, going, "Hey, there's we're not alone." No, absolutely, it does. It it
1: did a lot of things for us, and not just to you know pee in your pocket here, but it did a lot of things for us. First of all, it was the first formal recognition of any kind that we'd had. We didn't we hadn't really been around at that stage. I think we'd been around for about a year, hmm. and we hadn't been around long enough to really enter any any things where you get you know, seemingly validated for anything like that. And it was the first thing that popped up and it was on a whim. I think it was a few days before the the thing closed. And I saw a Facebook post from maybe the tiptoe giants saying like, just entered myself in the MM MMMAs. And I was just like, what what are they? And then, you know, went through the application process and all that sort of stuff and just threw our hat into the ring. and, And we're very grateful to be able to get a nod and a nomination. But the best thing that came out of it was our realisation of this world out there that we hadn't really, because we're in a regional town in Newcastle, we hadn't really seen a lot of. So there's a band here called the Little Scallywags in Newcastle, which are a wonderful kids group. And they're really the only people that we knew at that stage. You know, mm. on, on the circuit, we'd we'd listen to other music, but tried not to listen to too much of it, so it didn't influence our sound or anything like that. But when we got in that room at the Mars and got to meet all these wonderful people, we were, or still are, but, you know, no names who were very new to the game, and people who were very well established, and very large, huge following, were just so happy to have a chat, and open up, Mm. and give you the time of day, and since the Mars, you know, we liaise quite often with Joel from the Micmacs, we just had a chat with Bill from the Teeny Tiny Stevies. Uh, we caught up when they were up in Newcastle with the Beanies, with Lia's, with Diver City. And all of them have been so generous with their mm. time that it is just staggering. Having done, like, serious music and stuff like that, it's a much more of a competitive scene. Where it's like, oh, what are you doing? Why are you trying to step on my turf? That kind of stuff. The kids' music scene, and in particular, that room of everyone where the Mars was, really are opened up our eyes to just how supportive this crew is, how supportive this scene is. And all they want to see is everybody else succeed together. And that's something that I think the event itself and the foundation that you've built is the best thing for. It is that networking and it's the getting to know the world out there in kids music is huge and it's really supportive.
0: Yeah, I think, um, thank you for all of that. But but I think one of the, the most common things that people always say whenever I do these interviews is, is everyone is fundamentally struck at just how generous and kind everyone is. And mm. and I don't know, I'm not 100% that sure of, not that it needs to be analysed, but just for fun, you know, I don't know if that's what happens when children at are at the centre of what you're trying to do or if it's just they're the kind of people that want to entertain children I don't know I don't know what it is but but it's it's the world over it is the absolute world over like collaboration yeah. seem to be the big thing at the moment you know yeah. I mean and beautifully I mean New Zealand do it better than anyone and you know it's it's an amazing thing and um it just wouldn't happen in any other genres I can't imagine yeah. Like, Maybe jazz, I don't know. But, uh, you know, pops, I don't know. Like, people just seem to go, yeah, let's do a song, woo! And they run off and do it and release it, and it's, I don't know, it's a strange. It out. feels
1: more like a marketing ploy in, you know, the, the pop mm. scene mm. than it does. But I think you're right. I think people who go into children's entertainment largely do it because they have a, a real joy to be able mm. to entertain children, and it is a real joy. Like, <laughs> they're simultaneously, I think, both the fun audi- most fun audiences that you can play in front of but also the most brutal absolutely most brutal. (laughs) If you're doing something that they don't like, they don't care. They'll lie down and cry and yell at you or not necessarily to you, to their parents, loudly and audibly, like we did a a gig in a church once where anything in the crowd just bounces on the walls for the next 30 seconds, they will go down on the ground and scream (laughs) that they hate this song or, you know, that they are not having a good time. And my own son has been that person a number of times, you know. He's been down on the ground, Mommy, I do not like
0: this. (laughs)
1: Mate, come on, a little bit of support here. uh, it's, It's not, you can't get away with it. You know immediately... Which is why I vet all of our songs with the twins first. Yeah. They're five years old. You play the song for them. If they're walking off to go and play. Yeah. Then, you know, all right, this one doesn't capture their attention. If they're singing it straight <laughs> after, then you know that you might be on to something. Uh,
0: it's so great. My my kids are now just I- immune to it because I'm always playing them kids. So they just don't care anymore. And they're too old for it. And <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. I, remember, I remember the day my daughter, I don't know how old she was, but I was like, oh, I'm going to go do a show. And, and she was like, oh, great, can I come? I went, yeah. And then she just stopped and went, hang on, are you playing? Like, is the show you playing? And yeah. Went, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Me and a few. And she went, yeah, I'm all right. <laughs> She thought I was just getting on. I need some other support. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Fair enough. You gotta give it a go, give it a go or, you'll never know. or you'll never know. You gotta give it a go, it a go or, you'll or you'll never know. You gotta give it a go, 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 go or you'll never know.
1: Really, yeah, but they are a useful resource as well. Like we get the twins are at an age now. They're five. They've just started school, and. They're actually good to bounce ideas off, like, you know, a number of lyrics, and we've given them a couple of writing credits on songs, because, you know, we're about to do a song called Everybody Knows the Sound, which is pretty much just the the age-old song of making animal noises or or car noises or stuff like that, but Mm. then... Each third one is a ridiculous one. Everybody knows the sound that a dog makes. Everybody knows the sound of a cat, but what about the sound of a whale? You know, yeah. Woo- yeah. Um, and, well, and yeah. you know you play, <laughs> 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 and you, you play the first verse to them, and they're like, a helicopter is stupid, and it's just like, yeah, great, I'll do a helicopter. <laughs> They can be a really good idea generator because they're just
0: so unbridled in in what they want to oh, do. Oh, totally! And look, just just if anyone else listening out there, just a little hint: if you're finding yourself in the same situation, put them in the songs. I record yes, them, absolutely, put them in the songs and just instantly, there's so much more interested. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, and It might them. take a few smarties to get them in front of <laughs> the microphone less... to do it
0: for you, but yeah, they're definitely less embarrassed of you. Um, <laughs> so the, you know, I like I like you just the way. UR comes out, it's great, it's beautiful, it gets the nomination, it's it's you come and perform, it's wonderful, you know, the world the the industry, you know, we all meet the quakas and we all fall in love. And then we sort of have a year, which I guess probably, you know, there's a there's probably 20, this is before the master, there's probably still a bit of COVID going on, but it's it's Mm. you you have a series of singles. Yeah. You know, you can you, you can do it song, we've got the hokey pokey, we've got tomorrow's Christmas, dig dig digger now these these are all what are I wheels on the bus. I mean, I would kind of classify these as fairly traditional kind of children, yep, absolutely, stuff. and it also feels like and and i don't I don't mean this, please don't take this incorrectly, but it it almost it almost feels like it's a it's a collection of stuff for playlists and things like that. like it feels like it was a bit of a, a, a not not in a bad way because you have to market yourself, but there was a it almost felt like you spent a year going. How do we get out there more? Because I mean, albums are wonderful, but we also know that we're moving into a very single orientated world now. So you yeah, can to do that, was there a decision making? What's been going on for the last year, or is it really just, hey, we're all we all just have lives and it's hard, you know?
1: I mean, do you know what the brutal truth? Yeah, is not very. It's not very fun. It's that the year of twenty twenty one, in from Newcastle's perspective, which had been very lucky with lockdowns, mm. uh, had quite a few lockdowns but the timing of them just really shafted us. Like uh, we had a series of gigs that we were going to play. And if you get down in the nitty gritty, get paid for, which can pay for Mm. studio time, which can pay for releases, promotions, stuff like that. And we had, I think of the like 20 odd gigs that we were going to play in that year, I think 18 of them were canceled. Wow. And, and so it was it was much more difficult to be able to just get the funds. Mm. You know, you've got to pay your performers. You've got to pay the studio. You've got to pay pr- for promotion. Mm. All of a sudden, you do have to just release single, single, single. We wanted to release mm. an album in 2021, but it became more of a grant writing process Yeah, to try and get funded yeah. for, you know, I Like You Just The Way You Are and then the Be Kind EP. And this year we are going to go and release our first album which is very exciting for us. But again, Mm. you need to find funding from somewhere. So luckily, you know, the gigs have picked up and you can get some funds in the bank so that you can promote that and do some videos for it and things like that. So yeah, the grim reality really is that 2021 from a financial perspective was all but shut down for us. Mm. And so we released singles and we enjoyed them, but we wanted to put everything together more thematically into EPs and yep. and an album, and so that we focused on the EP stuff, having more of a theme. So I yep. like you just the way you are, and then the B kind EP, and then the singles were as exactly as you said. They were more generic. They were a mm. cover of Wheels on the Bus. Yeah, it was like a just a more regular kids song.
0: Yeah, just yeah. Well, because like you're saying, you, you kind of just kind of vying for listens at that stage, aren't you? Which which look, yeah. everyone does. I don't think, as I said at the start, I, I know it might come across as a as a not a great question, like a, not a flattering question, but it is the reality of, of all of it is, you, you, it you is kind of always, you've got that in the back of your mind and that's kind of what you got to aim for.
1: Yeah. And even wheels on the bus, I think it was, A, you know, it had to be home produced via everybody in their own house. And I just had to yeah, do the production, right. which sadly loses a bit in its shine because you don't have Matt's sparkle on it. And there have been a few songs like that, but also Mm. the video that we had to release for it was literally people setting up a ring light that I had to drop on their doorstep without contacting them. And then they would put their phone in our choreographer, Kate, would put together the moves and then we just had to do it on the blankest wall we could find in our house and yeah. then try and have colorful it's, borders yeah, around it and it was like yeah. a working from home hokey yeah. pokey or wheels on the bus or something yeah. so you can yeah. do all you like with animations and things like that but when you're just on a blank wall that oh, I'm, I'm not a good oh, like, enough video editor yet to yeah. to take out do you, the blank do you wall. make?
0: are you the one making the majority of the videos is that kind of fall on you
1: yeah, and I'm I'm still learning, except for our first EP. We got a videographer in who'd never used green screen, which I think you can see in the, the colouring. Yeah, since then I was just like, oh, I'll just try and learn to do this myself. So, yeah, just embarked on trying to learn, and I think the videos are hopefully improving as I learn more. I was by a lake. Lake! When I chose to bake. A lovely chocolate cake, cake, but it
0: was eaten by a snake. snake.
1: These words rhyme. These words rhyme. All
0: of these words rhyme. I put on yeah, I think also the video thing—it's very much like the the songwriting thing. I mean, when when you don't have the pressure of time and money, you, you mm. can sit down and watch a YouTube video, and it's all there. I mean, it, it's all everything I've ever done is just purely going on YouTube, how do I exactly do that and someone? And it's, it's amazing. It really is amazing. I know. Um, talking about singles, I like, cause I'll just want to skip past the, the next EP be kind, cause I just want to concentrate on the singles for a bit. Cause even though, like you're saying, there was a sort of a necessity around it and what you're doing, I do think <laughs> that what happened is two of the greatest singles i've ever heard in my life rudy nudy which could <laughs> only exist in the style it's in yes like just just amazing like and what i, I like just this is what i actually really love about the cockers is when you do when you do step out of or no i don't even think step out when you do you know do your silliness side yeah you touch on something that i think is is parental maturity <laughs> like, <laughs> like I don't I don't think people without kids would ever really think about like it's something they wouldn't think about Rudy Nudie because it's a, but you know the, the, the stuff within the song. Yeah, yeah, Rody, yeah, Nudie, just like you're running around, I gotta catch you. Yeah, and that's yeah. it. That's that's all you need. And every person that's ever had a kid just goes, oh, yeah, yeah that. And it's Absolutely. just in that. And it's a it's a country kind of twang one, isn't it? Is that the yeah? Oh, no, that's yeah. It's kind of it's, a twelve bar bluesy yeah, one. Yeah, that's sorry, yeah, the the country ones. Just the, get dressed. One, I one, one, think yeah, just get thing dressed. Of, yeah. yeah, but just get dressed. That's another another beautiful example of that kind of idea of really nailing what it is. As a parent, like... Yeah, and that one's actually, you know, in parentheses,
1: it's got a song for parents, you know. Yeah. It's it's directed to a point where kids can sing along, you know, just get dressed, and our kids love it because... They love going playing the Just Get Dressed song while refusing to get to dressed. get dressed,
0: yeah. Yeah, but, 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 but also, it is
1: mainly the reality for parents.
0: Yeah, but it's also that the, the musical genres that are chosen for these songs is what I find really amazing. Because I was also, there's this thing, I think over the quackers last sort of two, three years, I wouldn't say your musical style has altered hugely. No. But that's, that's that's because it was already so diverse like you have these really rich beautiful you know pixar esque tracks hmm. and then you have um get dressed which has this whole other style and done beautifully like there's no need for the quackers to mature into anything different because you it's all different it's a melee of of genres you know and so yeah. And, and like, you know, we're experimenting
1: a bit with our sound, but as long as it is that quackers sound, I think you can have fun with different genres and that's part of the fun, rather selfishly of the songwriting. You can find a song and just go, this lends itself to country. How fun would a country song be for this? And even really, really selfishly Rudy nudie. I really just wanted to watch Matt in the studio shred on the piano for 90 seconds <laughs> And I was like, mate, this is essentially 12-bar blues. There are a few very slightly fruity chords just by adding a seven on the end of them. But pretty much I just wanted to watch him go mad for, for 90 seconds, and he did. Like, if you see the footage of or listen closely to the piano on that, it is just watching him go was a joy to do in the studio.
0: Yeah. Well, now's probably a pretty good time in the in the podcast for me to slowly fade that song in <laughs> and we can listen to it. My little The bar. My little Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. Dodging mom and having a laugh. My little Rudy, 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 Rudy. You're running around like your head's on fire. Running, running, runnin', run, run, run. You're slippery, you're squirmy, you try to hide. But I will catch you, on However, talking about genres and styles and singles, I, I cannot have this conversation without needing to fully understand who is responsible for Monster Truck. <laughs> uh, that's, that was actually,
1: the conceptually, uh, my son Otis, you can credit with, because he was like, you've got to do a song about a monster truck. I love monster trucks. And so I was like, well, that's as good, good an idea as any. Okay, so, but... Yeah, go on. But then it went for, I think, 40 seconds. It was just a verse and a chorus. (laughs) And he was furious. I showed him in the car, the home demo. He was furious. I think he was three at the time. He's like, it's got to go for longer. (laughs) He was screaming at me. And I was just like, okay, I guess... So I think I just added a second chorus or something like that. I can't remember what I did, but I bolstered it out to a minute 10, I think. And uh it didn't appease him, but it made him slightly less furious.
0: <laughs> okay, so you've you've got this minute ten song about monster trucks. Again, yeah. another thing that I just kind of go, only a parent would actually really fully go, oh yeah, that's pretty, I get that. <laughs> but who on Earth, turn want like whose decision was it to make it an eighties hair rock song? Ah, <laughs> uh, again, you know the monster
1: trucks. If you go to one, it's surrounded it's... by that style of music, and and if you want to be around monster trucks, it is all hair metal, yeah, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. And so I thought the monster truck song's got to be that style. And we had a lot of fun. maddie has got a synth solo halfway through. Oh, yes, the synth I think solo the, is amazing. The first verse and the, and the, sorry, the first chorus and the second verse. And, you know, we the, we used a lot of reference tracks in that when we were in the studio. We were just like, all right, who do we go back to to listen to? You know, you want to listen to some Poison, some oh, Alice t- Cooper, oh, um, and then, you know, maybe some bon Jovi, Van Halen, yeah. all that sort of stuff to really inspire yourself as to what that synth solo should sound mm-hmm. like in the end. And we had a lot of fun with it. And we've explored that yeah. that the, the album, we've got a song coming out called Put Your Hands Up, which is a movement song. And we listened to as reference tracks for that. We listen to 80 sitcom openers. <laughs> so, you know, it's fun to just explore what will lend itself to that particular theme for a song.
0: I ever see. But I think that's what goes back to what I was uh, sort of just saying before about the the, the evolution of of your of the Quackers sound because there, there isn't one because it's every you know you really it's a real treat when you're not sure what's coming next you know like it's it's kind of a real and I think from the singles world and the children's world it doesn't matter I mean I, I do whatever you yeah. want really I don't I don't subscribe to a style because they'll like one song. They're not going to like the other, you know? Yeah. And you, yeah, to is.
1: reflect it back on you, like you, I, th- I think you're the same, like a song like cars are everywhere. It really like mm. bowls you over. And it's uh, this really intense, this is like the original version not the mm. separate versions that you've done, you know, it really bowls you over, but it kind of, it just fits the theme beautifully. It's just like, I'm just going to yell for this whole song, but then, you know, uh, uh how great we are, you know, that the, the feeling of that is just this mm. beautiful love in where, you know, you just want to bring everyone together. You you can't yell for five minutes of how great we are. No one will feel the message that you're trying to get across <laughs> no. in that sort of stuff. So yeah, I I think the song's genre finds itself rather yeah. than you searching for it more often than not. I don't yeah, know if you find that.
0: No, no, that's a that's a good call, but I mean but I think it's also just um you know, I think that that's a really. I mean, I can really. That really resonates with me because you you kind of. I guess it's all changes the way you write, isn't it? Because it, you you can write on the go. You can just go monster trucks, eighties hair metal, done. That's what <laughs> I've got to do when I get home. I've got to jot that down. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah because because in within all your styles you, then you've got you know 10 little fingers and 10 little toes which you spoke about before which is just it's beautiful i mean there's some and and the lullaby of the first album um which you released the extended version of somewhere slumber oh, yes, land. land you know there's these really 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 stunningly gentle moments that that happen um do they do they come from anyone individually because i, I mean i know um well, I know uh, committee's, um, he sings, he's sort of do, does a lot of the slow stuff, doesn't he? Look, committee is just,
1: I-, I could listen to him sing all day. Yeah. He's just got the most beautiful voice. And we've got another lullaby coming up called to your dreams, which is a similar folky style. If you listen to 10 little fingers and 10 little toes, that kind of mm. open D tuning. Uh, that just kind of drifts along and the voicings that come just naturally from a guitar when you do an open tuning automatically, I think lend themselves to a certain level of beauty. And when you add comedies vocals on top of that, it just is so beautiful to listen to. And it's, and it's no strength on, on any writing that I've done. It, it really is just mm. a, a talented voice going over the top of some pretty basic music. And, and it just really sings in that sort of genre. But coming from, I used to play in a folky sort of a band. I really enjoy writing in that genre. It's, it's really, really enjoyable for me from a songwriter's perspective to be able to just delve into that sort of stuff. Now, I don't think you can go down that path too often if Mm. you want to lend yourself to silliness and if you want to lend yourself to certain messages that you're trying to get across. But every now and then, if you've got a message that really is, like either a deep one or one that you want to be super relaxing, then I think it's a good place to go.
0: Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, it's, it, it, it all, I mean, it, look, you know, I've said it several times now, but it all goes back to what's nice about the quackers is I, I, as I think, I don't actually think you get the music that you potentially think you might get, mm. you know, I think, I think the the wonderful things about and what this album sounds like it's going to be again is you're going to have the sort of the I guess the bigger tracks that you'll focus in on, yeah. But but they won't be indicative of the album, and I think that's that's really that's really lovely. That's great to know yeah. that you can get the album and still find yourself surprised and not know what's coming next.
1: Yeah, and you know as long as there is an overarching Quakers sound, then as I said, that's. Mm. That's all we want to do because I think kids do need consistency. I think if, if you want to be too eclectic, then I think people underestimate the intelligence of children and how much they're taking in. But I think if you make it too confusingly eclectic, then kids might tune out a little bit. Mm. So I think you need to have some kind of linking sound, but it can be very fun to just explore different genres within that sound.
0: And I think that consistency you're talking about is is your voices and your heart. I mean really yeah. for for lack of a better term. It's, it's, it's the it's the, um, it's the generosity in which you, you do it and present the music that you make. You know, that's that's there in it that, and that is there in everything that the caucus do. Let's go on! to slumberland it's time to go to sleep let's go off to slumberland and see what we can dream we'll fly through rainbows in the sky to castles made
1: of clouds there's friends from
0: One last question before I let you go, because we've snuck up on the hour. I figure we could probably keep going, but at some point, you know, someone might go, it's enough. (laughs) Um, You know, obviously you've had a bit of a, you had a bit of a bad period with the live shows. Like obviously just, you know, with the cancellations and things, which, you know, a lot of people went through. Mm. Um, You've talked about just the the people in the industry, Uh, you know, what, what have you, what have you found in in this endeavor? What have you found to be the most, I guess, difficult, but also what have you loved most unexpectedly? What's brought you the most joy that you weren't really prepped for? Okay. That is uh that is an
1: interesting question. What have we found most difficult? What have we found the most joy in? I think the most, Difficult thing... Was cutting your members off at five? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I wanted a a full choir, absolutely. (laughs) I could have had 40 in the Quokkas. I, I definitely would have. I think the most difficult thing from a writing perspective is bottling down a sometimes complex message that we're really passionate about and that we have a lot of information on into a super simple and memorable hook. Like you've got to bottle every message Mm -hmm. down into five words or less, essentially where it's kind of like the success of Kevin Rudd's political campaign. I think like, you know, regardless, you can talk about policy and what you're going to do with tax and what you're going to do about the NDIS or whatever you want to do. But I think what won it for him is the slogan Kevin 07. It rhymed. (laughs) It was catchy and people remembered it. And when they got to the ballots, they were like, wow, who am I going to vote for? Kevin 07? Yeah, Yeah. great. And, you know, maybe he was the front runner at that time. Whatever. I don't want to get into politics. But to be able to bottle sometimes a complex message down into really, really simple, simple messaging that a two-year-old can take on board subconsciously Mm. because that's, that's what we're all about. We believe that prejudice is something that is learnt. It's Mm. not something that you're born with. And so we want to nip it in the bud, essentially. We want to come up with a a series of messages that kids can enjoy and take on subconsciously. We want them to think that if somebody maybe in their school by the time they get to school or even later in life is being bullied for being different or something like that, they'll remember just subconsciously, everybody's welcome in my house. Everybody's Mm. welcome in my park. Or somebody going like, oh, you know you've got two dads. That's pretty weird. Everyone well, look around and we'll see everyone has a different family. Mm. We want kids to be able to take it on from such a young age that they don't get an opportunity to be able to build that prejudice mm. and just subconsciously they take it on board. So that's probably been the most difficult thing. Whether we've achieved it, I don't know. We'll keep trying. And the most joyous thing I think has been what I've already mentioned. It's been the the kids music industry Mm. the support that goes around and the love that goes around whether it be in person whether it be via zoom meetings whether it be on social media it's just wonderful like itty bitty beats they're really good at creating like playlists that include Mm. a a massive amount of people but then promoting those people as well and then you know people like the micmacs like joel Mm the guy's got nearly 6 million subscribers on YouTube. He doesn't need to lend his hand to people like us who are just starting out and just trying to find our feet, but he has given us hours and hours of his time Mm. happily sharing with us how he's gone about it and what he thinks are really good things to employ. Um, Bill from the teeny tiny Stevie spent like a good hour with me talking about her process of songwriting and what she Mm. finds important and how, her main goal is just, she's just hell bent on originality. You know, that's, that's, that's her thing. They've got so many wonderful messages, but she's like, unless it's based on either a super original sound or way to deliver that message, then she's not interested in doing it. And you know, the beanies as well, they sat with us for dinner for three hours. They came half an hour out of their way to came and meet up with us when they were doing a gig in Newcastle so that we could pick their brain. And they weren't gatekeeping anything. they, they set us up with a meeting with you know ABC Music's Jim Finn. They mm. they uh, said you know we'll listen to some tracks if we want to collab with you and and that sort of love that's being shared across the board in kids' music. Nobody said no to us yet, and we're just a minnow in this game. Mm. Like no one necessarily needs to give us the time of day, but nobody said no to us. They're just happy to. Mm. And mm. and that's yeah, I think that's been the most joyous part of it so far.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, that was said beautifully. And I think, and I think that, you know, I think that echoes everyone's sentiments. I don't, I don't think anyone. Yeah. I don't, I don't think anyone would disagree with you. It's, it's, it is a, it's, it's quite a unique thing. And as I said at the start, it it is the world over. It's not, it's not unique to us. It's unique to music for children. It's, that yeah, seems yeah. to be the thing that, that does that. And um yeah, I'm sure there's a doctorate in there somewhere of trying to work out is it, is it the people or is it the audience? <laughs> you yeah. Know? Like, I don't know. It's who knows. I guess, but um, I mean,
1: it's like every week there's a different article on like coffee. You know, is it healthy for you? Is it bad for you? You know, if you did your doctorate, you would probably come up with different things based on what input you had. So just going to flip yeah. either way, whichever way you look at yeah, it. Yeah.
0: Whichever one's going to make me more money. <laughs> um Okay mate well look thank you so much for taking the time it's it's really it's been great watching from you know a distance and and sneaking looks and watching it grow and um you know look i i feel you know you can't talk about the cockers without talking about the message but at the same time you know it's it's really good music it's really fun it is really silly yes there's a beautiful message in there as well but it's definitely not the sum of all your parts and um yeah it's 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 nice and i think i think the big thing with the Quokkas for me is just um it's just really genuine and i think that is really loud it comes across very loud in in everything that you all do so um oh,
1: well it's
0: very kind of you to say
1: and it it means a
0: lot coming
1: from somebody like you who you know does this for a living like you know early learning and Mm. has done this in the children's industry for so long so uh it's very kind of you to say um we'll keep on trying we'll keep being passionate uh the fact you say that is very kind you know we're just trying our best you know Excellent.
0: Um, okay, mate. Well, give give my um, condolences to the others that you didn't get to represent them, maybe as as fruitfully as they would have liked you to have represented <laughs> them. Um, but also give them my love and thanks for everything that they've um, that they've done. Or you've all done together. And just just one thing did strike me. I guess I feel like if you did actually have your way, mm-hmm. you would be the only band in the world that would potentially outnumber the animal you're named after.
1: <laughs> I mean if that's possible, you know, like
0: I the, mean they are just a rotten island are they? They, they? They're nowhere else. They're nowhere else. Yeah.
1: So, yeah. yeah I don't I don't even know what the head count of the Quackers would be. But yeah. yeah, if we could have a polyphonic spree style set up <laughs> on stage, we absolutely would. Like we've already got, you know, our live show is essentially just five vocalists. And a dog, um, <laughs> yeah. we would we would happily expand on that vocally, but uh, but yeah, we just we just enjoy a big sound. Um, Maybe, yeah, yeah I'd, I'd love to know how many cockers there are.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna make that. You're in trouble now because I'm gonna make that my personal mission to find out a how many cockers there are, and then b to set up one show <laughs> where the band outnumbers the amount of the animal that's left. Well, is um, there a kids band called the Dodo? Surely they yeah. would.
1: They would easily outnumber zero. Is
0: it it, it, it like, I'm about to turn 50, so is it really, really lame for me to say there was a kids band called the Dodos? Oh, okay. Are you going to use the phrase back in my day? And they're gone now. Boom, boom.
1: (laughs) I mean, I've just turned 40, and and the increasing (laughs) use of the phrase back in my day is alarming even in my own household. So I feel you.
0: No, I was just going a dad joke and making relevance to the, the extinction of it. I don't, oh, I don't know. There, oh. So I didn't even know if there was. God, a how dumb am I? <laughs> missing that one? <laughs> no, you're not old enough, mate. You'll get that. You'll back in back in my. You know, when you when you're up in my day, when you're up in your fifties, you'll you'll get that one. Um, all right, this is this is now taking a, a serious sidestep and going down a bad direction. Um, take care, Nick. Thank you very much for your time today, and um, yeah, looking forward to the new album.
1: Thanks, Benny. Um, We really appreciate the amazing work that you've done to support the whole industry doing wonderful work and we're honoured to be on the podcast. So thanks so much for asking.
0: If you'd like to know more about Nick and the Quackers, then head along to their website at www.quockersmusic.com. That's quowkasmusi ccom And, of course, for more Benny Time goodness, head along to www.bennytime.com. And, of course, if you fancy knowing more about major, minor music and all we do, then visit us at www.mmma.com.au. Thanks for listening to me, Benny, asking people questions.